Welcome to another Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. I created this show with the intention of empowering others to help and love themselves. Aside from weekly skin tips, you will hear me spotlight extraordinary souls from around the world who are making a difference by helping people in their own way. Together, we can all make a difference, and it starts with love, love from the hip. Ed and Lorraine Warren were well-known American paranormal investigators associated with some of the most widely known cases of alleged hauntings. Ed was a self-taught and self-professed demonologist, and Lorraine was a psychic and a light trance medium. Their interest in all things paranormal started from a very young age. Lorraine could pick up auras around people ever since she was a little girl, but assumed that to be normal. Ed believed the house he grew up in to be haunted. The two were a perfect match from the start. Aside from being a demonologist, Ed was also a great painter. So much so, the couple made a living off his paintings. Moreover, Ed's paintings became the catalyst for their exploration into the paranormal. They offered up a painting of the house they suspected to be haunted to not only gain entry, but also to retrieve information from the homeowners to validate their suspicions. The Warrens did not take every case they were presented and made sure to rule out any logical and or physical explanations before agreeing to take on a case. Still, they ended up investigating well over 10,000 cases. During their investigations, they enlisted the help of doctors, nurses, researchers, police, and members of the church. They were truly devoted to their investigations and provided them free of charge. They earned a living instead from selling books, movie rights, lectures, and tours of their occult museum. This museum is located in the basement of their research center they founded in 1952, called the New England Society for Psychic Research, or NESPR. The museum houses demonic artifacts and satanic objects, and is where the subject of their very first investigation can be found, the Raggedy Ann doll named Annabelle, which has become another Hollywood horror blockbuster. Perhaps one of the Warrens' most popular cases is that of Amityville. In 1976, the Lutz family moved into their Long Island home with their children and soon discovered a demonic presence was residing there with them. As history would have it, just two years earlier, a 23-year-old man murdered his entire family in their beds in the very same house. After 28 days, the Lutz family fled the home, unable to take the violence and terror anymore. Twenty days later, Ed and Lorraine investigated the home along with their research team. They witnessed and felt an overwhelming sense of a demonic presence and were able to capture an image of a little boy on the staircase. Despite some arguing that the story was fabricated, in 1979, Hollywood's classic film, The Amityville Horror, was born. Toward the end of their extensive investigative period, Ed and Lorraine focused heavily on passing down their knowledge of the occult, hosting lectures across the country, after Ed passed away in 2006, Lorraine continued to do lectures and became a consultant on the first two Conjuring movies before her death in 2019. The Conjuring movie series, which chronicles some of the Warrens' most publicized investigations, topped the box office, grossing about $320 million worldwide, demonstrating the profound mark they left on the paranormal world. Although the Warrens have passed on, their legacy continues and lives on through dozens of films, documentaries, interviews, and research today. A haunting is defined as the act of a person or thing that haunts visitation or inhabitation by a ghost or something evocative, difficult to ignore, unforgettable, and remaining in the consciousness. Not all hauntings are done by evil demonic spirits. They can also simply be visitations from a ghost. The trick is to find out what kind of entity you are dealing with. One way is sensing how you feel or connecting with your intuition. Hauntings with negative entities, for example, can make one physically sick and affect their mood and personality. Paranormal researchers say there are three categories of hauntings, intelligent, residual, and intentional. An intelligent haunting is when the entity interacts very intelligently with the living. Residual is when a traumatic event plays over and over in the house and doesn't acknowledge the people living in it. And an intentional haunting has more to do with the people who live in the house in regards to the energy and intention they put into their home, manifesting a haunting all on their own. And if you do believe your house is haunted, then paranormal researchers recommend addressing the presence in your home and sharing what your intentions are right away. 
While most people can actually live side by side with spirits peacefully, if an entity is causing ill will, then it is imperative to tell them to leave while incorporating your faith in with that statement. In fact, Lorraine believed that their religion is what kept her and Ed safe. No matter the type of haunting, they all seem to be influenced by these three components, intuition, consciousness, and intention. The stronger connection we have with our true selves, or intuition, the more we are able to discern whether or not an energy is present outside of us. Consciousness, while it is the very part of us that lives on after our bodies die, it is also our awareness of self and can help keep us from possession. Intention, while it is something you aim to create, science has proven it to be an electric and magnetic energy or a highly coherent frequency capable of changing the molecular structure of matter. There is immense power in intention, and we humans have forgotten how much. It is the very force which connects us to a greater source of creation and love. Perhaps the purpose of hauntings is to do just that, to haunt us and to torment us, but also to give us the opportunity to stand in our power and be the conscious, intuitive, and intentional beings we came here to be. Today on Love from the Hip, I'm excited to have Team Connecticut from Netflix's hot new show, 28 Days Haunted, here with us. Afterlife researcher Aaron G. Thompson, demonologist Sean Austin, and tech guru Nick Simons are here today to share more about their 28-day experience in a haunted location, especially what happened behind the scenes, and also share their beliefs on hauntings and ghosts and so much more. So don't go anywhere. You won't want to miss it. The passing of our loved ones always proves to be very challenging, but can be met with ease when working with someone who can hold space, compassion, and especially someone who works across the veil. Allow Sakura Sutter, multidimensional channeler and intuitive medium, to be your spiritual guide with the other side. No matter if you choose to communicate with your transitioned loved ones to help you with the grieving process, or connect with spiritual, galactic, and other light beings to explore and dive in more on your spiritual path, Sakura can assist you. Not only does Sakura channel insightful messages, but she also incorporates her metaphysical tools to help you move through blocks and unprocessed emotions and feelings, providing you with the closure, relief, and new mindset to move forward. So don't hesitate to take your first step towards healing so you can start living your life once again. Remote sessions available. Contact Sakura at sakurasutter.com. That's S-A-K-U-R-A-S-U-T-T-E-R.com. Taking care of your body's largest organ can be difficult, but not for Astera Skincare Mist. This topical skin spray supports your skin's own natural healing defenses. Astera Skincare Mist is a light misting spray, free of parabens, alcohol, toxins, and fragrance. This all-natural topical skin spray will take the woe out of your skincare worries without clogging your pores. Irritation, inflammation, redness, post-procedure sensitivities, no problem. With Astera Skincare Mist, you can continue about your day without the skin dismay. Acne, rosacea, psoriasis, sunburns, rashes, and fungus? Don't let these skin concerns inconvenience you. Instead, let Astera Skincare Mist allow you to be happy in the skin you're in. Available at Sakura Skin and Mind. Learn more at esteracare.com. That's E-S-T-H-E-R-A care.com. Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe and share my podcast, Love from the Hip. That's H-Y-P, anywhere you can find podcasts. Today, I have the pleasure of having afterlife researcher Aaron G. Thompson demonologist Sean Austin, and tech guru Nick Simons from Netflix's new show, 28 Days Haunted, here with us. Thanks for joining us, you guys. Hey, thanks for having us. Yeah, real quick, where are you guys all joining us from? Aaron, you first. Uh, well, I guess not as sunny as where Nick's at, but, you know, I'm in Illinois, uh, Rock Island. Rock <laughs> Island. All right. And what about you, Nick? I'm joining you live from sunny Davenport, Iowa, where it's supposed <laughs> to have a blizzard in about an hour. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> and Sean? Uh, Connecticut, not far from the uh, the Warren's abode. All right. Well, you're right in it. <laughs> so how did you guys end up on this Netflix show? Aaron, I'll start with you. Oh, well, it was, uh, you know, it was a long process reached out to uh by actually a friend in chicago 
that um, said, hey, there's this thing going on, um, uh, TV show-wise. I was curious if you're interested in it. And that, and that was about seven or so months before we actually started filming. And, uh, of course, I said, yeah. They're like, hey, we need one more person. Do you know anyone else? I'm like, I only really know one other person that I do this with. <laughs> um, so, hey, Nick, do you want to yeah. you wanna come and do this thing? And, and what do you think, said, Nick? <laughs> well, over the years, Aaron and I have been through uh, many meetings with producers like this. So I figured, why not? You know, <laughs> might as well just do another one. Right. Because, you know, normally we go and do them and the meetings are a couple hours long and you never hear anything again. Mm. And uh, this one was different. It, it was like ordering <laughs> it was like ordering a, a spot on 28 Days Haunted from Wish.com. We kind of <laughs> forgot that we had the meeting. Uh, and that's funny. uh I was in the middle of uh, actually fishing on the Mississippi River, and Aaron called me and said, you remember those guys we talked to? Yeah, they want to talk to us again. They what? <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's odd. I wonder what they want. Uh, and what about you, Sean? Um, a talent agent actually contacted me on Instagram, um, okay. which is something that's you know happened before. I, this is the, the third TV series I've been a part of, been lucky and humbled to be a part of any sort of opportunity involving my passion, being out there, involving the paranormal. Um, and, uh, yeah, just, uh, kind of just went with it and <laughs> the rest is history really. <laughs> so your family, Sean, was probably used to you doing this. What did your family, Nick, think of this? Um, I've been doing this stuff since, uh, 2009 with Aaron. So everybody was used to it and they were kind of like all excited. Like, uh, they've watched us for so long messing around on YouTube, Aaron and I, and then it, it was kind of exciting for them to see us move on to, another rung on the ladder of uh, our paranormal journey, you could say. Yeah, absolutely. And Aaron, what'd your family say? Well, you know, they, uh, they didn't know quite what to uh, think when I first brought it up, because as Nick stated, we've been in uh, plenty of conferences, you know, video uh, interviews previously, and, and no show uh, took flight, you know, for, due to one thing or the other. So, um, you know, they were, optimistic but uh -huh. when it finally hit they were i think more shocked yeah. <laughs> like oh my god this is actually really happening thought you were and crying it, wolf huh you know it, I, th I think so <laughs> but yeah you know, it shows your passion you know you keep on uh pushing forward and, and, and chasing that passion um Absolutely. whether this happened or not you know we still be doing what we're doing now had you heard about this 28 day theory prior to doing the show nick i'll start with you um, prior to doing the show, no, we, ha I, I personally had not heard of it. I've, you know, there's, I've got books behind me on the bookshelf about different ways to, you know, thin the veil mm -hmm. as you could say for, uh, an investigator, but none of them really went over, you know, the, the longer you stay in a haunted location, the more active it could get. Right. And, um, so yeah, this was all new to me and, Really, as a paranormal investigator, it's kind of exciting to be able to stay at a place for 28 days straight. And it's, it's like <laughs> like a, you're just always there, always in the haunting. And right. uh, unfortunately, we bit off more than we could chew because by like day 10, we were like, well, what do we do now? <laughs> we're, we're all, we've done every experiment we can think of. And, and then you became the experiment. Yeah, then we became the experiment. <laughs> right? What about you, Sean? Had you heard about this 28-day theory, living so close to the Warrens? Um, you know, I never heard about that specific theory by Ed. You know, I knew that Ed Warren had many different interesting, fascinating, and knowledgeable theories on the paranormal and many different names for them. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, as soon as I did hear about the 28 days, the first thing I thought about was, you know, obviously their most infamous case is the Amityville Horror. And I'm very familiar with that case too. And I even have personal experiences having to do with that case, um, huh. you know, involving some of that haunting following me home and even made a whole documentary about it. So anything that even revolves anything close proximity to the Amityville, like, you know, my ears kind of spark off. Um, but, you know, you know, the first book I ever read was uh, The Demonologist by Ed Lorraine Warren. Like that was the first book I ever read when I started to involve myself in the paranormal. It's very easy to read, um, you know, easy to to understand and, and and hear about these cases that they went on that were some of the most you know extreme cases they went on and was really able to kind of formulate uh an approach and and have an understanding after reading that book and, and reading other books from there 
Um, so I had such a deep uh, appreciation um, and respect for the Warrens because they were pioneers um, in the field of the paranormal before there was any TV shows. Um, you know, people were going out there. I mean, they'd have to look up parapsychologists in yellow pages just to find someone that would even come close to right. <laughs> figuring yeah. out that they might be able to help them, let alone in those days, you know, the, your family could get shunned out of a, a, a you know, neighborhood. If you say, that, yeah, a ghost is going to, you know, in your house, you mean, you, you, they, <laughs> they right. might chase you out of the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot more accepting these days. It's, it's, a, it's a different world. There's a lot more percentage of people being open to this stuff. And I think that also increases the chances of this stuff happening as well. Now, since you mentioned it, Sean, um, was Warren one of your mentors in being a demonologist? So I never met Ed. I met Lorraine Warren at one of their events in their house. Um, but I actually was mentored in demonology by Ralph Sarchi, who is a retired NYPD sergeant who actually started out working with Ed and Lorraine Warren. That was the beginning of his paranormal huh. journey. And then he was mentored um, after the Warrens with um, Malachi Martin and Bishop McKenna were probably the most respected exorcists of our time, which the Warrens were closely with as well. Um, so it's, it's part of that same, you know, uh, <laughs> tree, yeah. so to speak, um, yeah. coming from all these people. And I was very appreciative to be around any of those people that were around those times um, when, when these people were going out and doing this stuff like the Warrens and all these other uh, people. I, I just, I would just be absorbing it and try to pick everyone's brain. I mean, I used to have a podcast myself, um, that actually led me to meet Ralph. I was just, I was literally just wanting to learn so much. As soon as I knew that there's something genuine about the paranormal and these experiences started happening so fast for me, I just was jumping head first and doing backstrokes in it. And anyone I could speak to or, or gain an experience or some sort of knowledge in that process, I was, I was all in. That's so very cool. So can you guys explain for my listeners, can one of you explain what is this 28 day theory for those of my listeners that haven't watched the show? Well, the theory, uh, the 28 days, is basically the time frame of, Ma- uh, I guess, max escalation uh, of uh, location of uh, scenario haunting, um, where it hits its peak, uh, which, which honestly makes makes sense in the context of constantly hitting the same, uh, the same area or the same haunting the same anomaly anomalistic uh scenario situation uh, what i say i say build rapport right so you build mm-hmm. rapport with the location similar concept um of the 28 days haunted you're you're in the mix and and you're constantly pushing uh you know the same style of energy uh you know towards some form of resolution uh, whether that whatever that may be um but but yeah okay. i mean now, now I have to ask, did you guys know where you guys were going? And, and it showed in the movie, that, or sorry, in the show that you were blindfolded. Were you actually blindfolded? Yes. No clue where we were going. I mean, <laughs> we, could, we could have ended up on Gilligan's Island for all we knew. <laughs> it's, it's true. And Probably when, my favorite thing yeah. to tell people is we didn't even know the name of the town that we were in until the last day when we could see that the, t- the, the sign said Preston, Connecticut. How funny. And now once you knew about the location, did you guys have any prior knowledge of what happened there? No, none. No. And even you, Sean? Nothing. Nothing. I, you know, I had heard about the place, but I knew nothing about it. I'd never been there and I'm actually glad I never went. Um, It was (laughs) on my radar. It was just one of those places that I knew was in proximity. And I'd only been living in Connecticut for, you know, like a year before that, since the pandemic and the craziness of that year. And Thankfully, I never went there, so it didn't contaminate anything that I experienced personally there because um, <laughs> I yeah. didn't know anything. Wow. And it was, yeah. yeah. I can remember it, standing around the first night uh, out in the park, out, outside of the house, and Sean was, uh, you know, looking at the building. He's like, I've always heard about this place and just never, <laughs> never really had the well, ambition there, to come down here. There was reason you know, for kind, that. <laughs> it's kind of funny because uh, what Nick and Nick, you and I were speaking before uh, we went at, you know, we thought it was going to be some like uh, asylum, something like mm. decrepit, like location where we have to be on cots or on the floor. So we're <laughs> all kind of pumping ourselves up thinking, OK, our back's going to hurt for a while. Yeah. And then we got out. Or, oh, we got air oh. Conditioning. <laughs> they have <laughs> yeah. beds. Look at that. Yeah, right. <laughs> so was it true that you were cut off from the world with no phones and Internet? 
100 million percent yeah. torture <laughs> okay it's torture <laughs> i've i've investigated places like before this like seven mm-hmm. days at a time like or two weeks or something like I, i've done like straight crazy crazy investigative stuff um but this is a different ball game you know like you said when you're isolated and you have no yeah. access to the outside world i mean when i would stay at other places i mean you'd have a break to go out and have dinner with your friends have a beer you know be social and you know, we're living, breathing, communicating and engaging spirits 24 seven, um, all day, every day. And that's something that interested in. I just like to point out is that even with Ed and his theory about the 28 day cycle. Now, obviously I do believe that's it's connected to the Amityville and obviously because of the, the Lutz family, they, they left after 28 days. Right. And, and I think it was the perfect example to come up with that theory because of how extreme that haunting was. And if a haunting is that bad, that's the type of stuff that can happen in that process and that spectrum of the haunting itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think Ed, in our case, it's like, I don't think Ed ever, you know, expected that theory to be okay. Cause we're not just living in the house and living with the haunting. We are poking at it, engaging mm-hmm. it, talking to Instigating. it all day, every, every day. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, a lot of these yeah, crazy cases, the Warrens went on, they'd have to sit, you know, they were so frightened. These families would sit, and put mattresses in the living room and they'd all be huddled together because no one wanted to be alone and stuff like that. Right. Um, but you know, in this case, I mean, we, you know, we were just all around the property and I, I thought about like prisoners, you know, right. being there and obviously it's not as bad as being a prisoner, but I felt right. some of the elements of it, that isolation, because that property is all we knew. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could remember every little speck of that property. I think for the rest of my life, and I'm sure you guys could probably agree. <laughs> so now were you guys encouraged to isolate yourselves from each other? also or is that something you just chose to no. do because I, I i remember seeing that yeah. on the show um well we did investigations where we did solos so we kind of okay. you know disconnected i know like in a scene in the show they had shown um i was in a room and i had a very very prevalent profound paranormal experience um in that room that which even went further than you actually saw on the show and right. I, I think at the time the other two guys were were outside somewhere um but you know I, like there's so much investigating that went on beyond the show, I, probably hundreds and hundreds of hours. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you just see a small bracket of what we went through. Um, but every, like, you know, like Nick said, every combination, like like a Rubik's Cube of parallel investigating, we, we, we did every combination possible and we're just sitting there like, all right, what can we do now? Right. Yeah. Nick? Uh, actually, if, if we were to film that whole show with one camera, uh-huh. the whole time we were there, you'd have... 2000 over 2000 hours of footage so i mean there there was a lot that's definitely what i was going to ask you now nick as the tech guru did you bring your own equipment or is that equipment that they provided um each one of us uh brought our own equipment uh sean had cases of stuff (laughs) i brought a case of stuff aaron had some stuff uh they provided us with a computer to review the camera that you see us carrying around yeah in the show, the 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 backpack camera, we mm-hmm. had a, a computer for that. But other than that, we provided everything. Okay. Now, as far as the location goes, can you give give us a little more input on that? What what? How many entities do you think were there, and what sorts of trauma or events happened in that location? I mean, I, I think there was. I, you know, this is a conversation I have about a lot of locations, but I mean, you have layers you're, you're peeling back layers mm-hmm. and basically an onion of like yeah. the entire location when it comes to the actual specific specificity to the history um then you have the people that have stayed there and lived there and also the people that have stayed when it was an inn and who bring stuff to engage and and stuff because i feel like people have messed around on the property um actually you know and even after you know we were done with the house i had found out that the room that i slept in someone who worked on the property said that there was two people all dressed in black the next morning they had left behind voodoo dolls of the employees and actually had something written on the mirror in that same room that I slept in. It's just like, just, that's just one example of like, you don't know what these people are bringing with them because people do creepy stuff. They want to go to a creepy location to do creepy stuff. So they can bring and open up more doorways that were never open to begin with, even though the place was haunted from the original standpoint. Mm -hmm. So do you believe there was a portal there then? Or that hundred percent. Okay. Does every haunted yeah. location have a portal? Um, I don't. I, that's something that you know you could speculate about. But I think 
my experience is like when there's a at least an area of the property where two things um if you walk over an area um, where your equilibrium goes off you can't walk straight that to me could be a tall tale sign of a portal of some sort of doorway that was open for spirits to come in and out of and another tall tale experience for me personally is having spirits that you've encountered at other locations come through in a location very prevalently um you know out of nowhere they'll mm. reference themselves more so and that that could be a kind of a clue i don't know about it, how it is for you guys same thing. yeah absolutely that uh just what you said um i set up in an experiment that we're going to do in february with aaron and i sorry buddy i'm just telling you about I'm it now <laughs> you heard it first. live on the air on well, my I, show yeah Exciting. yeah you should <laughs> feel special day but, with nick and Ed. yeah so we're gonna do this experiment where aaron and i are gonna investigate actually where he's sitting at right now and at the same time a team is gonna be investigating in scotland and we're gonna try to see if we can send each other messages from scotland to where aaron's at because where aaron is at is actually they have a uh they believe that there is a portal there in the basement so we're going to go down to the basement of this place and try to communicate with the team in scotland via spirits that's fascinating sounds like a yeah. pretty cool experiment aaron where are you at where's the location <laughs> well this at the dan viner furniture in rock island illinois it's one of one of the top locations that uh that I've been to even, even throughout the States, uh, multiple locations, you know, throughout my years. Yeah. This is, this is a golden nugget. And you know, when the world finally realizes it's, it's here, it's going to be pretty backed up. But, um, <laughs> the idea of portal is fascinating with, I feel intent, right. Intent always is, is a strong sure. uh, producer of, of, uh, the phenomenon, you know, especially on an individual basis, which mm -hmm. can be more consciousness related. So I, you know, with, with portals, it would be neat to see about doing more and more experiments uh, with that. But in the same context, you can step back and, and say, it is intense. It is, you know, I'm familiar with A, B, and C, and that's why maybe they're coming through because the potential's out there. At that point, is it real? Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, I, I feel the consciousness does have um, a, a huge grip and a huge layer of uh, really what the paranormal world is. Um I don't know. It's fascinating. There's a lot of holes, but yeah, but yeah a That's lot more great. experiments. Thanks for explaining uh, that. Well, you guys, we're going to have to take a quick break, but stay tuned for the Weekly Skinny Up next and more Love from the Head. On this Weekly Skinny, I would like to discuss how to wash your face properly. Perhaps the best way to begin would be mentioning the things you should not do. Do not use hot water to wash your face, as this can strip your skin of its natural oils, causing dryness and also contributing to irritation and redness. In addition, do not use cold water on your face, as it doesn't remove dirt effectively and can also increase redness. Do not put your cleanser on dry skin. Make sure to have wet your face first. This helps to prime the skin for the cleanser. Do not use a washcloth to cleanse your face. Washcloths not only harbor bacteria and contain remnants of surfactants from your laundry detergent, but also they are also too harsh on the skin and could lead to irritation and breakouts. Do not rub the skin dry with a towel. This too can cause irritation and redness on the face. The best way to wash your face would be to start with a no-brainer of making sure your hands are clean first. Then use a makeup remover if your cleanser does not double as such. After removing your makeup gently with your skin wet, simply apply your facial cleanser with your fingers. I recommend spreading the cleanser in the four quadrants of the face first, on the forehead, cheeks, and chin. Then rub the cleanser with your fingertips in a circular motion. Once the cleanser has been fully applied in every area and crease, begin to wash it off with lukewarm water and your hands. After the cleanser has been fully removed, then take a clean towel and pat the skin dry. After your skin is dry, this would be the appropriate time to use a toner before hydrating the skin with a serum and moisturizer, followed up by a sunscreen, if done during the morning. It is important to cleanse your skin twice a day, in the morning and also at night before bed. Nighttime is the most important because it is when you tend to have the most bacteria and dirt built up on your skin. Cleansing in the morning helps to remove oils and dirt built up during the night from your hair and pillowcase. In addition, I highly recommend cleansing your face after working up a sweat. 
followed by facial products to replenish the moisture. Remember, when you cleanse your skin, you must also follow up with hydration and or protection. Leaving these extra steps out can contribute to skin dryness, irritation, and overall skin damage. While cleansing your skin may seem insignificant or tedious, it is one small thing you can do which makes a big difference. It has been clinically proven that proper cleansing lends to healthier, clearer, radiant, and more youthful skin. And who doesn't want that? Welcome back to Love from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. If you're just tuning in, I have afterlife researcher Aaron G. Thompson, demonologist Sean Austin, and tech guru Nick Simons from Netflix's new show, 28 Days Haunted, here with us today. So we were just talking about intention, Aaron, you were touching on that, and actually you all have touched on it. So I have to ask, did you guys bring in anything with you to the haunting? Um, Well, I'd like to say something personally, um, that when the whole debacle with the mirror happened, um, this, this was an experience that was similar to something that happened to me over a decade ago. And when I initially saw it on the mirror, I sat there perplexed and wondered if it was connected to a spirit that had done to me so many years ago. Hmm. Um, and what had actually happened is that I had this vivid vision of walking away from my, my bed in my old apartment and I walked up to the mirror and as soon as I looked up at the mirror, something just took my face and threw it against the mirror. And when it hit um, the mirror, I felt this jolt and I went to see paralysis in my, my bed. Um, and I heard this voice say, I see you. And about two, three weeks later, I had a shaving mirror in my shower. And I just looked up at the, the, the shaving mirror and it spelled out I-S-E-E with a big U on the bottom. Now, it wasn't exactly the same, but obviously, you know, when I saw it, I, you know, I made my uh, you know, theories you go it. through the roof. Yeah, I mean, yeah. obviously being in a place that long, anything's possible and you don't know there could be something there that's playing games that has permission somehow to be there that you've encountered before. Right. Now, but energetically, did you guys also bring in anything of your own, like any baggage? Not not that I would have been uh, crazy aware at the time. Um, even hindsight, I mean, stuff happened there that could have been potentially of, you know, I think all of us, I know I speak on myself, you know, hustled for the for the opportunity uh and you know put myself in some some unique positions uh even leading up to the filming of this so i mean there's maybe a little bit of uh excitement but anxiety kind of just Mm -hmm. just there but i don't think paranormally i I don't think there's uh any i guess i think i I think what's important just to mention really quick is that I, you know, me being, you know, versed in the demonology realm and, and being in a place that I've, you know, gone up against evil spirits or, you know, and, and also the way that I approach the paranormal, which you actually see on the show is praying for a spirit and trying to help an earthbound soul find peace. And a lot of these cases that I believe that I've taken souls away from negative spirits that have had, that have had them trapped. Mm-hmm. And that makes enemies with these things even more so um, on, on a higher level. So when you're in a place for that long of a time and these things have permission to be in a, in a location and if, you know, they're just going to, you know, try to cause even more divide. And I feel like, you know, cause I was being visited by things in my bed constantly. I just raise up my hand and yell out, you know, I'd hear this in my ear or mm-hmm. something creepy just happened in the room. Cause we had the cameras on while we we're sleeping. I and mean, there were so many things that I would just raise my hand and say something happened, but you know, as you're staying there longer, it's like we're kind of gerbils in a cage, so to speak. Right. Um, because we're, we're experiments to the spirits, not just mm-hmm. to the experiment itself. It's like the ones who are intelligent and the ones that are negative, they they're they have this uh, way of, you know, trying to play a game of chess in the shadows to try mm-hmm. to, you know, pit each other against each other to cause divide, to amplify any sort of negative emotions that we're having. And that actually brings us to um, the two of you guys looked at the mirror and, and Nick saw something and um, and then Aaron saw something in the mirror, which was like an old hag like lady, if I stand correct, kind of a witch spirit, which is something mm-hmm. else that I picked up that I'd mentioned on the property that you didn't see in the show. And I remember Aaron sitting there in the chair and I just, you know, one of those moments that's happened a few t- times over the years and I've seen someone look at their face and I'm just like, dude, something is off. I'm like, Aaron, are you okay? And I, I remember asking Nick. I was like, dude, your friend of 12 years, have you ever seen him like this? Nick was he looked like, shell-shocked. Never... Really? Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. what was you going know. on with you, Aaron? What were you feeling? Well, I, even to, to back up a little bit, because I am I pinpointed the moment that would have been, uh, that would have left my, me vulnerable for, uh, for 
kind of an attachment scenario or something that's oppressing me, which is fascinating because it was our first night there, which was explosive. In my opinion, it was the only night that it stormed. Um, so we had water running over the house. We we're jacking it up with the uh, static generator. Mm. Um, we're really hitting the house. And so the callback in the show um, at one point with uh, with sandbagging Nick, <laughs> um, the, uh, the moment where I wanted to do solos back in the house, that first night we did solos. And from what I understand, all of us had really good experiences or it was something to come up that was just crazy. And I, in my solo, went up into the attic. So this is day one. We're not sure what's in the house, what's going on. And I'm up in the uh, attic with a tripwire of electromagnetic uh, or EMF detectors, basically on a rope that's all around me. So I see uh, intensity and an area of I have a free floating anomaly of a uh, static electricity in a sense, uh, radiation uh, coming at me. So I have two of the cameras set up and just talking, talking to the attic, to the house. Next thing you know, the whole thing just blows up. And I, uh, what I mean is it just all lights up. And I look right at the uh, investigator camera and I explain how tight it feels around me right now. Mm -hmm. How uncomfortable I feel and, and that I want to leave. Yeah. Um, you know, but I said, I'm going to stay, you know, and this is, feels weird. It's just, you know, I'm trying to describe, I'm describing the best I can, the feeling. And then all the lights blow up again. So this is electromagnetic field detector. So it just goes off again. Mm -hmm. um, and I looked at the camera and I go, it's gone. I'm fine. I go, that was strange. I go, you know, and I just, you know, talk, stay up there for about five more minutes. Um, but I didn't think anything of it. So cute. Two weeks, I think about two weeks or so later, a week and a half, um, throughout that time period, I'm isolating myself more. I'm getting more upset with the guys. I'm not really telling them. I'm just because it feels so natural, you know, mm -hmm. I'm, my stress, you know, I, I don't know. I just want to do the job and go home type scenario. And yeah, it's kind of fast forward into the, the part, part that Sean was saying. Fascinating. I looked in the mirror and I didn't see necessarily a, a hag like like another character in the mirror that looked like a hag i saw myself with my face morphed into this hag like character like long nose long chin <laughs> like a social media filter yeah. and i was stunned and yeah i did i did feel uh dizzy and I, when i took a seat i remember uh remember uh nick you know uh Sean said, said to Nick, does he look, you know, good? Nick said, no. And I was getting mad at both the guys. <laughs> so, um, Sean, thinking, what did Sean do? What did go. Well, I mean, you know, once I got to confirm that he was not doing okay, I'm like, all right, Aaron, do you want to take a break? Maybe get some water or something. He's like, all right, let's take a, let's get some water. And I'm like, all right, let's go. And he's like, no, not, not regular water. How about some holy water? I'm like, oh, crap. Okay. <laughs> so I ran upstairs and put holy water, um, you know, on him. And then, you know, he, he admitted that, something was oppressing him for, for days. It was building up and he wanted to isolate himself. And you know, obviously he's getting upset with us too. And this is just another example of like the stages of oppression when a negative energy starts to latch you on. And again, we're, we're stuck in this property and these things know that. Um, but you know, again, for, for him to actually explain that this heaviness came off of him after this holy water yeah. we put on there. And, and we said a prayer, I said a prayer over him. Um, so you know, I thought that was pretty powerful. Like I said, there's I so many different things that happen on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's so many things, so much more that happened on the show that you didn't see. I mean, right. it's, it's, I yeah, mean so the show's more like 28 hours than 28 <laughs> days you actually see. <laughs> Sean, I have 28 minutes on it. Yeah, there you go. Sean, I have to ask, how much holy water did you bring? Like barrels? Oh, I definitely, <laughs> I think I brought like a, like a two liter or something, if I stand yeah. correct. I'm pretty sure I had a big bottle of it. Um, yeah. And I had my blessed metals and stuff like that. Um, Okay. But, you know, I, I was definitely uh, prepared for, for, anything. For, for most things. Yeah. So you had mentioned, Sean, that another spirit may have come through that you had dealt with before, right, in a different mm -hmm. haunted location. So I'm yes. just curious, with all three of you and the amount of spirits and, and entities that you've seen and worked with, is that was that the first time that that had happened in your whole mm -hmm. career? No, no. I mean, it's, it's happened, but I, I've never stayed in a location that long. So it gave the opportunity for these things to kind of, um, you know, peek in even more. Right. Uh, because I'm sure the guys could agree. I, by the third week, I mean, it didn't matter if I had eight hours of sleep. By by the time it became time to start investigating again, I felt like I was drunk. Mm. I felt like I was speaking was like I was through quicksand. I couldn't even 
It was like this apprehension. If you got sick from like tequila the night before and you're looking at a shot of tequila the next night yeah. and I'm sitting there like it didn't matter if I had rest. I'm just like I'm so it just it just the the energy that was drawn out of me to, to yeah. engage the spirit world. I literally felt like we were part more of the spirit world and planet Earth. And to be honest with you, even when we left that day, like it took me about two weeks to feel back to normal. And that first night, the first thing I wanted to do was go out, oh, out with my friends to uh, mm-hmm. just have a social environment, have a drink. Like it was so bad. And I'll never forget, I sat at the table with my friends and the light right above our table starts to flicker. Very, very, um, <laughs> yeah, very extremely flicker. And then my, I hear someone call out Sean, like right next to me. And my friend heard it too. And it was, my ears started ringing. Like I felt so strange because I don't know. I'm going to get, I'm going to get into that too. And um, yeah, so (laughs) crazy experience. Thanks for sharing that. And with that, I'm sorry, we're going to take another quick break, but everyone stick around for more love from the hip. A health crisis is one of the most challenging situations we will experience in our lifetime. It leaves us frightened, confused, and asking, why did this happen to me? Transformational coach Rory Reich experienced his healing crisis when the life he had so carefully constructed came crumbling down around him. The universe had offered him a challenge. He chose to accept it and to rediscover who he was before it was too late. In his book, Transform Yourself Through Disease, Rory shares his personal journey alongside eight practical steps to help those who are stuck realize their self-impairing beliefs and discover ways of transforming them so they can reclaim their health and create the life of their dreams. Don't let your health crisis define you. Take the next step and transform yourself today. For a free life coaching consultation, contact Rory at RoryReich.com. That's R-O-R-Y-R-E-I-C-H.com. If you're planning on building a home or a major landscaping project, you'll want the team of Stone Resources on your side. Safely, effectively, and correctly working with our unique terrain requires local knowledge and environmental care. For 21 years, Stone Resources has been making sure their customers' biggest investment is on solid ground. Trust your next earth-moving project to Stone Resources. Call 425 754-6792. That's 425-754-6792. Stone Resources. We make the earth move. And remember, if you need dirt or have dirt to get rid of, you can call on us. 425-754-6792. Your skin is your body's largest organ. Care for it properly, starting with your face. Sakura Skin and Mind offers several clinical facial treatments to help stimulate collagen production, eliminate toxins, boost circulation, and deeply cleanse. See a new you in your mirror. Clinical facials range from $90 and up. Do your face a favor. Sakura Skin and Mind, erasing wrinkles one clinical facial at a time. Learn more at sakuraskinandmind.com. URASkinandmind.com. Welcome back to Left from the Hip. I'm spiritual hypnotherapist, master esthetician, and your host, Sakura Sutter. If you're just joining us, I have Team Connecticut from Netflix's hot new show, 28 Days Haunted, here with us today. So, Sean, before the break, you briefly touched on this, but did you guys clear any of your energy before returning home? I mean, you know, for me, absolutely. I mean, obviously, I would bless myself and say a protection prayer before leaving such a place. Um, luckily I didn't have anything follow me home. I mean, but I mean, with all the places that I constantly investigate, even outside this project, it's something that I'm accustomed to doing anyways. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I'm just, my, my whole, my apartment's just doused with holy water constantly because things just will always happen to some degree. You could take every precaution necessary. Um, but in the end, you know, I had the most emotional paranormal experience I've ever had on the property. And I'd encourage um, evidence and a story of what happened that actually inspired a song that I wrote that the ghost of the female from that location knew about and proof of that. Go to YouTube and type in 28 Days Haunted uh, Mercy um, to my YouTube page. It's a 20 minute video telling that story, plus the music video to the song dedicated to that song of that female awesome. that was the most important experience that i had on that property yeah and um i knew i was there for a reason because of that and that's why i'm glad i was glad i was there absolutely what about you nick did you have to clear um, your energy when you got home or just even <laughs> think to do so did you were you worried about anything coming home with you 
uh yeah actually i uh the final day when we were leaving i was the last one out of the house and before i shut the door i kind of turned around and said you do not have permission to come back to iowa with me and then i walked out of the house it's just something that i picked up way back in the day just especially uh ever since my mishap with um Susie from malvern manor on the other side of iowa four hours away uh aaron and i investigated over there one night and then the next weekend we had a public investigation and she was coming through the sb7 and said i followed you here nick and it was like whoa great <laughs> yeah great we got to get you home you are four hours away from home little lady <laughs> and what about you aaron um the uh the, the big i think problem with me going into this location originally was i didn't know what the game board was right so play the cards uh you know appropriately and i i, I did it right away i got bit and then luckily that'll do it for aaron, yes, aaron. <laughs> <laughs> all right so i want to ask you about the 28 day theory is it foolproof does this mean that the location we, uh, now kind of what we built from oh there he's back yeah, Aaron, oh. we lost you for a minute. Sorry. Yeah, you went on mute, buddy. Start over. <laughs> oh my gosh, I actually had an incoming call. <laughs> um, so the uh, uh, ultimately, what I was saying was uh, my awareness um, y- throughout the investigation, the entire event. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's all about confidence and conviction, and I think in, in a lot of cases, e- even if you go, uh, you know, priests or you know, so people that are. Um, proficient with with their uh skill set it's confidence in in action and uh conviction in word and that's always what it has been again i just just entered the game board with with not knowing how crazy this location was got bit got back on track so no i i left much more knowledgeable um and nothing followed me on that great that's really good So now this 28-day theory, is it foolproof? Does this mean that the location you were at is cleared and not haunted anymore? Tell me more. Sean, you can well, lead. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, well, take it away. I mean, specifically, Captain Grant's in, the place is for people staying there because it's haunted. So you're always going to have different mm-hmm. walks of life coming in there and have the intentions to communicate with the spirit world. So that door, that engagement is always going to be open. Um, I think that place will always have energies coming in and out and there's no guarantee. I think most importantly for me is, you know, that intention when I prayed for the spirits on the property and specifically for, for Adelaide, Mercy Adelaide and, and, and trying to help the spirits, um, in that moment while we were there. And I do believe that we did help her, um, and possibly some other spirits as well. Um, you know, but a place like that, I think it'll always be haunted to some degree. Now, do you think if you had gone in seeking something else, like seeking to find angels or beings of light, the experience would have been different? Well, there's not many. I mean, where are we going to invest? Or are we investigating like a church? or Because <laughs> most of these places aren't going to have angelic right. angels unless you're bringing them with you to for protection. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the, these places where tragedies have happened, it, it draws negative energies. It draws uh, tragedy uh, when it comes to emotional status of these spirits and the suffering. And again, when we're staying in a place that long, that emotion, uh, sadness, rage, anger, mm-hmm. jealousy, whatever it may be, will start to actually be some of our emotions. It'll, it will pick up on that and can affect us in those ways as well. So go ahead, Nick. I think, uh, the angel and the being of light that was found out of that whole 28 days was the experience that Sean had with mercy upstairs yeah. at one night that, you know, led him to the, the song and everything. Cause that, I mean, that song, come out like bam like it was the next day he was on his guitar during the downtime just cranking on the tablature for that song and i think that was probably the 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 hidden angel of the location you could say pretty much that's amazing yeah and then i you know the connections i found that i had with the story after you know i went to go film the music video for this show that's why i encouraged to watch the video on my youtube it's really kind of it, it was eerie but it felt like i was just i was so meant to be there and my connection to that that female spirit was so special and unique. Um, that's why it'll be part of my lectures for the rest of my life. And that's why I was so glad to be a part of this project. And that can happen in any place yeah. that we investigate, and especially at a place that we can stay that long. And I was so appreciative to be a part of that project because of that experience. That's beautiful. Aaron, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I just want to reinforce the, uh, I think, the important statement that, that Sean, I believe, opened up with that. Emotional state is so important, especially with hauntings um we there's always those extreme uh emotional uh situations that that 
that we talk about, that we cause, that we experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a huge factor in, in what we um, do in the large scheme of um, the pseudoscience or whatever you, you want to call this, at least with my development and my, my study, it goes a lot towards the biological aspect, which emotions are, you know, 100% biological. And it's fascinating how those, those intertwine um, regarding the, the hauntings. But, but yeah. yeah. It's so in that 28 days of haunting, is it important then, would you say, to check in with yourself? hundred percent. And just, oh, just yeah. to say really quickly what I yeah. did, because the first week I started eating a lot of food and becoming lazy and just sitting there. And I'm like, wow, if we're going to be here this long, I just, you know, I just snapped it in my head. And then luckily we were lucky enough to have a location, we had a big backyard. And I just started waking up nine, 10 in the morning. And I started doing laps around the property, jumping jacks and pushups, listening to music because I wanted to be mindful. I wanted to be strong psychologically, emotionally, and physically for whatever was going to come day to day as we got closer to the end of the 28-day cycle. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And actually, just to give a quick tidbit, I am actually doing a four-day event back at Captain Grant's in February 16th, 17th, 18th, and 19th, where people can actually investigate with me. Just type in 28 Days Haunted Revisited on Facebook um, if if you're interested. Look at you. You didn't get enough. <laughs> so, will He's you going guys... back to find the Oreos that I hid on top of the cabinet? <laughs> you might have to use an EMF meter for that. So, I have to ask: Are you guys returning to Twenty Eight Days Haunted? Any more we episodes in the works? Don't know. You don't know. To if they determined. want us back, I'll, I'll go. I'll do it again. Yeah. All right. Well, keep us hanging. <laughs> yeah. Well, whether they use any of us or they change all the people, I mean, it's an experiment, so it's right. up in the air, but. Um, you never know. They could use some of us, all of us, or none of us if it moves forward. Um, but we'll see. What an amazing thing to be a part of. So real quick, we have to end the show, but how can my listeners learn more about all of you? So Aaron, go ahead and start. I'll be nice and quick. Uh, it's, it's, uh, Aaron G Thompson.com. And Sean. Yeah. Um, most of my handles, Instagram, Facebook, um, all that Sean D Austin, S E A N D is in David, A U S T I N. I have also two published books on the paranormal you can get from my website, SeanDAustin.com. Awesome. And Nick? You can find me anywhere that social media is uh, available at Big Nick Simons. And uh, check me out. Check out my new podcast that I just started with Jeremy Leonard from the uh, Madison, North Carolina group, uh, Paranormal Gumbo. Awesome. Well, thanks again for being here today, you guys. Thank love, you. I love the show. So Everybody much. watch it. <laughs> but awesome. watch it with thank somebody. <laughs> watch it alone. <laughs> no. All right. Well, I want to thank Aaron, Sean, and Nick. And I also want to thank Eric, my stellar producer, you the listener, KKNW, Timber Country, and Cape Town Zone Radio. And you can find me at SakuraSutter.com. And a big thank you for lending your support by listening into Love from the Hip. Happy holidays to you all. And I look forward to bringing you more exciting shows in 2023. And remember, stay kind out there, stay true to you, and don't forget, make self-love contagious. Go ahead, I dare ya. Microneedling is a revolutionary treatment that can help reduce the appearance of acne scars, fine lines, pigmentation, wrinkles, even improve the appearance of stretch marks by stimulating collagen and elastin. Sakura Skin and Mind specializes in this procedure that jumpstarts your body's natural healing process. Sakura Skin and Mind believes in not only keeping the skin up to date with the latest trends in the skincare industry, but also keeping the skin beautiful, fast, pretty, painless, and affordable. Find out more at sakuraskinandmind.com. S-A-K-U-R-A skinandmind.com.